this very special episode of Buffyverse and Converse, the season three premiere of Buffy the Vampire Slayer discussion, is actually brought to you by the special bonus episode that we did of this discussion. That's right, here myself and fellow fantastic friends, member of the Watchers Council, as our group chat is called, Kiona and James talk about this episode uh, entitled Anne. We actually did it watch-along style, so you could even sync up the episode, watch it along with us almost as a commentary to the episode. You can hear that right now over at Content Club, which is our Patreon, patreon.com slash clockshelves, C-L-O-C-K-S-H-E-L-V-E-S, of course. But you can check that out, and that is actually what is bringing you this episode completely uninterrupted. Now, of course, over at Content Club, you could get all the episodes of Buffyverse and Converse, as well as episodes of Paul and All, MCU and Me, bonus episodes of Lost with Friends, and much more early and uninterrupted before they come out onto these free feeds. Uh, clearly we are way ahead on season three, so if you're just starting out with us here and you'd like to, uh, help us keep the mic and lights on, you can head on over to Content Club, that is our Patreon, that's, once again, that's patreon.com slash clockshelves, C-L-O-C-K-S-H-E-L-V-E-S. You can hear the bonus episode to this discussion of Anne, done watch-along style with myself and Kiona and James. You can also check out plenty more episodes early and uninterrupted, which is how you're going to get this episode, uninterrupted. Here it is, the season three premiere of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, entitled Anne. and welcome to another episode of Buffy Verse and Converse. We are starting season three of Buffy the Vampire Slayer today, and I am delighted to be once again joined by some fantastic guests. In no particular order, we have Ruth, Bill, and Amanda. Go ahead and say hello, everyone. Hi. Hi there. Hello. Welcome back, folks. It is season three, and we are going to be discussing the episode Anne today a-n-n-e and the season three premiere and um i have to admit not probably one of my favorite episodes definitely not one of the better season premieres um but before we get into the actual episode discussion uh continuing on the trend i will read off my four fantastic facts i actually opened i started a new note 
on my phone. I have all of them uh, in my notes section. And I figured, well, we had quite a bit instead of scrolling all the way down to get to season three. Um, I have seasons one and two in one note and I've started a new note. So uh, the fantastic facts for the episode Anne are we actually see the return of Chantrell from the episode Lie to Me. She ends up taking the name Anne by the end of the episode. So I like the fact that they kind of uh, once again, uh, you know, that serialized sort of thing. This is uh, very much a 50-50 episode, in my opinion, of Monster of the Week versus, uh, you know, the serialized thing. And the fact that they bring back uh, a very, I wouldn't even say secondary character, I'd say third or fourth tier character, but bring a character back, uh, I thought was pretty cool. Uh, we see Seth Green is added to the opening credits, finally, after being recurring throughout season two. Speaking of the opening credits, we actually hear a slightly different version of the theme song by the band Nerf Herder, uh, beginning with this episode. The original that was used in seasons one and two featured the drums and guitar towards the end, slightly out of sync. It has since been remastered here for season three and going forward. And then the very last fantastic fact is, I don't want to say a bit of a spoiler, but I think it's kind of just a cool thing that gets established in this episode, which is uh, we get to see a hell dimension, or at least part of a hell dimension um, here, and we are uh, introduced to the concept that time passes differently in the hell dimension than it does here uh, on you know, and our plane of existence, Earth, this dimension, what have you. Um, but this definitely does come up uh, in future episodes. So uh, I thought that was just an interesting point to make note of here. I, I have to say, in my opinion, probably not one of the better episodes. Um, you know, it's it is it is a season premiere, not necessarily one of my favorites, not one of the best season premieres, I, I will admit. Um but it I am seems to be almost like it jumps in in the middle. Well, you know, that's, like... yeah. And that's, it feels like, so, I mean, so we, we ended season two with uh, Buffy running away and everyone, whatever, you know, kind of whatever. And then similar to the season two premiere uh, where it was, you know, Buffy's been gone for the summer uh, from in between seasons one and two, she went to visit her dad in LA, which ironically, you know, in LA again here, um, but she went to visit her dad in LA and there was, you know, very little uh, vampire activity after uh, she, you know, fought and, and killed the master um, at the end of season one into season two. But we kind of pick up, you know, a day or two right before school. And we kind of have the same thing here. And it feels like, for better or worse, life has just gone on, right? Um, Joyce is kind of doing things around the house, we find out. Uh, Willow, Xander, uh, and Oz, and Giles has obviously been helping, but the uh, the Scooby gang, if you will, as they call themselves, uh, have been trying to uh, take care of the vampire population, I guess, um, around the town. And we see that Buffy has been, um, you know, living in Los Angeles under the name Anne, which is her middle name. I don't know if that's been officially established by this point, uh, but uh, that is her middle name, obviously, where that came from. Um, and as much as I do feel like it's kind of in the middle, I, I think it works, actually, for this one, because it feels like we missed 
the summer, right? Like she left and it was some, you know, school. There was, you know, a little bit of time left in school because we saw the the gang heading uh, back into school after um, not knowing what happened between Buffy and, well, Angel at that point and Jealous as they thought. And then, you know, time passed. And I kind of like that we jump in the middle because it's not necessarily like the next day sort of thing. You know what I mean? Like we, we kind of have to, in a, in a certain sense, we almost have to get reintroduced to the characters and figure out, okay, wait, this person's here now, you know, like Xander and Cordelia haven't seen each other. And, um, you know, Oz and, and Willow are, are, you know, kind of where they're at. And we'll, we'll talk about that, of course, with, with Oz's uh, character arc, but Willow is like taking more of a lead with regards to the, to the group and whatnot. And um, I just, I thought it was interesting the way that it, it kind of picked up as if time had passed. Well, normally. Well, because... Smart way to go because actors do age. So, you know what? I mean, if they're just going to try to do the next day, they all do look a little older, a little different. So I think it's a good way to, you know, keep the continuity going. And that's, oh, well, see, it's kind of interesting, Bill, that you that you say that because, and I get it because they're also in their 20s playing high schoolers, right? Because that's what you did back, you know, in the, in the 90s and even into the 2000s. It wasn't really until the probably 2010s or so when we started casting, you know, 18, 19 year olds to play 16 year olds as opposed to casting someone that's 26 or 27 or 30. Um but uh, I, I'm thinking about, uh, for example, you know, obviously the one that immediately comes to mind is Lost. And on that, a lot of the time it was, you know, we pick up season to season with some of the characters, not all of them, but with some of them right where you left off. You know what I mean? Even though the summer had passed or the summer and the and the fall in certain cases when it would come back, you know, in January or whatnot. So it's kind of interesting. And I get it again. They were, you know, in their 30s, 40s and so on, you know, playing characters that were not aging as quickly and whatnot. But it's kind of interesting that you that you take that approach. Yeah, because I did like they did seem a little more well groomed, more chiseled i guess they they did look older and that could just be a sign of, you know a sign of fashion times or you know how makeup is well, yeah, like um, buffy's hair is different you know yeah, yeah. yeah. well i think yeah. one of the other aspects is um and i think we've talked about this before kind of in the the beginning of beginning to middle of season two with how the production quality changed, especially from season one. And I feel like I've talked about this on a variety of other uh, shows that I do, but um, basically how, uh, you know, as a show becomes more popular and gets further on in its seasons, the budget starts to grow. They get a little bit more money and whatnot. They're, um, the show, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia kind of at one point was going to try to take the opposite approach because they compared to uh, a show like the big bang theory, where when it started out, they were all, you know, the, the, the nerdy guys looked like nerdy guys. And then as the season started to go on, they were, 
you know, dating these beautiful women, which not to say nerdy guys can't, but that was kind of the thing at the beginning, right? Was they could barely even talk to women. And then they were all dating women, married. They were dressing a lot nicer. And it kind of lost its thing of like the nerdy guys with the pretty girl who lives across the hall. And I remember It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the one character purposely put on a lot of weight because he wanted to sort of go in the opposite direction of shows like that where you know as things go on the lighting gets better all the character all the actors get into better shape because they have you know oh i gotta look tv good i gotta have a personal trainer and you know all this stuff so the actor the creator of the show decided to go the opposite way but i feel like that's kind of what we've run into here right is obviously it's beginning of season three um you know, some of these actors have been around for quite a while. The show started to pick up in in popularity. So they obviously would look better because that's what you expect from a show in season three. You don't necessarily expect them to look as I don't even want to say like run down, but, not, you know, as as they would have in season one. Right. I agree. Um. But we do uh, we do see, uh, like you said, uh, Ruth, um, you know, Buffy has a different hairstyle now. She's she's really trying to not be Buffy, except for the fact that she can't really answer to the name of Anne. She tries her hardest. We see her at one point in the diner. Um, you know, uh, there's people making incredibly rude comments to her, sexist comments, things like that. There's, you know, the the couple in love. I put that in air quotations. And she's, you know, trying very hard to hold her tongue on everything because she has to live like Anne. She has to be, you know, normal diner waitress sort of thing as opposed to being as she actually claims later on Buffy the vampire slayer and um I'm kind of interested uh Ruth I'll kick it to you first since you brought up the hair and and you know that kind of initiated this this thought on the change of her um I'm kind of curious your thoughts seeing this episode for the first time in a long time what did you think about uh Buffy kind of taking on this persona um and really the episode overall well it was it was weird for me like to see buffy being the like kind of quiet shy her hair was a little darker you know like she's sort of it was like she was trying to be mousy and then you see the helpless little blonde girl which kind of really made me laugh because that the the whole concept of this was the anti little blonde girl uh you know helpless little blonde girl so that was it was interesting and then you see like all of them trying to go about their their lives as though there's not a chunk missing you know like they're they're all out there doing the the patrolling really badly because we all know that they suck at that um and the the one that makes me the kind of makes me a little sad because you see willow and she is so missing her best friend and you see it in like every time Xander says was or whatever it's like no past tenses no past tenses well she's not there so it is a past tense you know we did those things but we're not doing them now it's it's yeah it's it's very um 
I guess heartbreaking, I guess would be like you said, uh, you know, just because they are kind of figuring out how to exist because for all they know, as much as they want to have the hope for all they know, you know, Buffy isn't coming back because as, as Xander made sure to remind Willow and the rest of us, she's been expelled from school, you know? So it's not like she could just come back to, well, when they say tomorrow, you know, the first day of school, it's not that she can just necessarily come back. Um, And they, again, haven't seen her school was still, going on when she left and it's about to start so that's about you know three months give or take since they've seen her heard from her what have you um you said about the uh you know the the little blonde girl sort of thing um one of the other kind of interesting things i don't i I feel like i may have talked about it previously but I'll, i'll reference it here again so uh yes that's definitely the thing you know the 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 little blonde girl who you know gets killed in the alleyway in every horror movie. The creator has said many times that that was sort of, he wanted to do the anti version of that. The very first uh, iteration of that, that he ever kind of wrote down as like a little note to himself was Rhonda, the immortal waitress before it uh, eventually became Buffy, the vampire slayer. So it's kind of interesting that in this episode, she becomes a waitress, not going by the name Rhonda, of course, but Rhonda, the immortal waitress. And then she ended up, uh, Buffy became a, a waitress in this episode. Thought that was uh, kind of funny to to point out. Um, Bill, right before we got started, I know you said uh, this probably wouldn't necessarily be a, a super long discussion. Uh, so I'm kind of curious your thoughts on this season premiere uh, and if you if you i'm assuming you you didn't like it so much would that be correct uh yeah it seemed just it tr- it tried to be very uh melancholy like somebody's missing and the, the music was very sappy and uh what you know is fine it has a little bit of a you know a mood setting to it which is fine um some things just didn't make sense to me i guess yet this whole thing down below what that was what were they building what were they manufacturing or you know it's a hell dimension yeah that's really what it was so i don't i want to make sure that we don't necessarily get your hopes up that's not necessarily going to be something that comes back um it was really just demons running a hell dimension because it's hell or well, yeah, they were they were getting them to to work for that. You know, the, the idea was that they were getting them to work for it. Um, right. But it, it it's interesting because there was so much, like there was a there was a crucifix in there. Like there were things in the hell dimension that were weird. There was a crucifix. I saw a, a cage that had apparently what appeared to be like a body. Um, all I could think of is like on the on the old timey castles they used to have those um it wasn't a cage it was literally they just strapped the people to the outside of the building and that was there and that was kind of weird you know yeah. i and just building was a, just like like huddling with a skeleton that oh, cage yeah. like so close that's um also, I, I guess they must have opened up a pornography section in the library because I know so many people in the library. <laughs> <laughs> He's in that library. <laughs> yeah, but it was also the beginning of school, so 
So, it was, you know, and there was a big, that, there, that, it was, in, it was the first day of school. There was also a big thing that said like, welcome students or something like that, to be fair. So. <laughs> yeah, that was odd. And then, um, what else did I find? I got my notes. Hold on one second. Come right back. Uh, and my little note, notepad. Um... So now the fact that there is no slayer by the Hellmouth, is that is that allowed? Like because like the first time we lost her, Kendra was like right on the spot. She was the next slayer. So now that the slayer is missing from the Hellmouth, uh, like like Xander and they're, they're not sanctioned to be slayers. So like, what happens? Well, yeah, but when you think about it. Um... There was no Slayer in the Hellmouth before Buffy. The Slayers were somewhere else. So just the fact that there, there's always a Slayer, but they're not necessarily at that Hellmouth. Oh, and that's. And I'm. I'm yeah, they have to another, fight evil. I'm yeah, going to throw just, another yeah. curveball in there, and this is. I'm going to end this. This is a, this is a rhetorical question, but it's definitely a you'll see moment. What if this isn't the only Hellmouth? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, uh, those are the questions I had. Um, otherwise, I just didn't. I didn't. This, what, what did you think? What did you, Bill? What did you yep. think when, um, when Giles showed up and was talking to Joyce, and she was saying about all the things, oh. and and she says. He says to her, well, you know, there's no reason, you know, don't blame yourself. And she said, I don't. I blame you. Yeah, no, I would have. I, like, like, I was very upset. Yeah, yeah. like, whoa. Yeah. You know, I, I, like, I mean, he came back. He came back with a good line, though, saying that, well, I didn't make her what she is. Well, yeah. But I mean, it's just and, and even it, he, he didn't make her the slayer, but her own mother did it wasn't paying enough attention to note, first of all, to notice that she's hanging out with an inappropriately much older than her dude, that you don't mm -hmm. think anything of that. Exactly. Like, yeah, and it's yeah, not his no. secret to tell. Exactly. Exactly. He's supposed to keep that to keep Buffy safe. Yeah. Well, yeah. I see Giles shook his head. He was like, "What? Are you kidding me?" It's like, <laughs> well, yeah, and I mean, the fact, even just the fact that the rest of the Scoobies know is not something that yeah, has ever happened by, before by a default yeah that doesn't ever happen it just happened on accident yeah. yeah but you know what i'm saying but like so the fact that that her mother she didn't tell her mother she wasn't supposed to tell anybody you know and yeah. he, he you know that's his job is to keep her safe and the way to do that is to keep her anonymous mm -hmm. yeah. you know but the fact that she that she had the nerve to say that to him i blame you yeah. You blame and the person. He handled it good, though. Well, the, yeah. the ironic thing is, I'm watching it in, I'm in our living room and I'm watching it. And Paul, Paul's in his room and he was, I thought he was watching it as well. And at that point, he went, Whoa. And I thought, How could we be synced up? Because we're not watching it on the same <laughs> screen. And he, it wasn't even anything about that. But yeah, I don't even know what it was, what that was in it reaction to. It was just perfect moment. timing. Yeah, it, it just fit in perfectly. Funny. You know, it was like, whoa, he didn't. Yeah, and it was like, no, that was just not. 
but it was it was funny how it, not funny but like ironic to me in the fact that um Buffy wanted to distance herself and yet because well and when when Anne says to her about the fact that did these evil things follow her and is that what, why this happened to what's his name Ricky yeah you know is he the reason that something happened to her friend and but the fact that she still has to she's still the slayer no matter where she is but also when she um like literally comes back to herself because she's helping the innocent again you know like helping the helpless one might say yes exactly um (laughs) you know you know but it's just uh, you know, it, it's interesting how she, you know, you see her come back, pretty much come back to herself at that point, because she knows that no matter what happens, it's still part of who she is. Right. Yeah. It's like she calling, can't hide yeah. forever or run away forever. Right. Well, and it's that's pretty her, much that's kind of what she tells. Yeah. That's pretty much what she tells Anne, is that yeah. you know you you can't hide from, you know you can't hide from life, you know you 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 can't be this something else and then you know it's funny because Anne is a chameleon pretty much because she just makes herself be whoever not Anne but Lily makes herself Chantal whoever she is you know she she makes herself no no and so you know the the fact that she's making herself be all these things and then she decides that she wants to be pretty much at the end. She decides I want to be Anne because in her mind, Anne was tough and could take care of herself, you know? Yeah. And it, it was, it was interesting that, you know, Buffy was trying to hide and be invisible and even trying to be invisible. She still was a, a bright light for somebody else. I feel I'm not I'm not trying to take anything away from that because I definitely feel like that was a, a a nice moment for those two characters but I feel personally that the episode I'm I'm going to say this and I I feel like I'm going to get heat for saying this I feel like Buffy's storyline in this episode saving whatever her name is lily or whatever from the from the hell dimension and all that and yeah i i feel like that was the least interesting part of the episode though like personally i feel i liked the uh like everyone kind of figuring out how to exist without buffy parts of the episode Oh, come on, confess. Your favorite part was when uh, Cordelia and Xander were so stupid. Like, oh, that's okay. I don't care about you. I don't care about, like, seriously. T- you know, I mean, I understand. <laughs> I that, but like, no, oh. I, I, I thought that was, I thought that was really funny. Like they were so worried about each other. How's my hair and all that. And then <laughs> they didn't talk. And then it was, and it's again, like it you just said, it, it was, it was very much high school where, oh, I'm sure you were with, you know this other person and you were whatever and then the fact that she helped him stake someone 
by falling on top of him, then the vampire dusted, and then she fell on top of him, and then they made out and whatnot. I thought that was hilarious. Um, Where? Okay, so he dusted the vampire. Why did she not get impaled? Like, how did that, you know what I mean? Like, where did the stake go? I think if it's left in them, it kind of disintegrates with them. Okay. That's the way I, I noticed. Like if Buffy leaves it in them, they disintegrate. But if she like goes, if she like um, goes and plunges, goes and plunges, <laughs> it stays in her hand. Plunge and then move on. Plunge and then move on. I have a question for Bill. What'd you think of the special effect makeup in this one? Oh, awful. Ken? Awful. Whatever. <laughs> it was, awful. It was horrible. It oh, was yeah. Halloween makeup so bad. So oh. on the on the guy who was like the leader, yes, where it just looked like burn scratches on his face. Uh-huh. I did like the, and I think the the design comes up later on in a in another episode, but the one who's like, you are nothing, like where it's just like his teeth and it looks like he's wearing like a half mask. I liked that design actually. Like he beat, no, you know, mask so hard. It was just a Halloween rubber mask. Yeah, yeah. And I was looking it, for he had like a mole on his cheek, and I was looking to see if he still had the mole on his demon <laughs> face. I think well the the actor who played i don't remember ken i think was was the character's name um i don't know if i'm going to pronounce his his last name correctly but he his name is carlos jacot j-a-c-o-t-t and uh he actually appears as a completely different character later in in the angel series um, he also appears in, I believe, a single episode only of Firefly, which was another show done by the creator during, oh, I want to say season six of Buffy. Um, and I believe that makes him the first actor to pull off the the hat trick, if you will, of being in uh, three different things by the creator. So I thought that was kind of interesting that this person who is, again, a, a seeming you know, nobody in here. And then he's used uh, later on in other episodes. And I've seen that guy be in, in several things and whatnot, but um, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool that, that they brought again, not as the same character, but that they brought that actor back. Um, I didn't think he was, he was awful. I thought it was actually pretty good. Like you see him there on, you know, talking to the, the people on the street and whatnot and then he's very much has like that oh, sort I didn't of think cult a bad actor. vibe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He definitely had the creep vibe. But I was very glad. Like the one thing I noticed, and I was watching for it, he never touched the girl. You know. Yeah. Like I was waiting for him to be creepy and put his arm around her or something. He never touched her. Yeah. He didn't touch he Buffy. Creepy. I'm sorry. What, Amanda? he looks creepy <laughs> yeah so you expected you him to be it. yeah yeah you expect i mean giles does that all the time puts his arm around them or whatever but he didn't do that and i was glad to see it because that would have red flagged immediately it should have it would i would hope that at least for buffy if he would have put his hand on her it, it would arrive but he didn't you know but um it was and it was like it was interesting. I'm surprised Buffy didn't get it when he says about how living on the streets will age you. 
you know? And then when she saw that guy later and he was like 80 years older, you know, and it was like, hmm. Now was that was that uh, Ricky, the guy who got hit by almost got hit by the car? That was yeah. It was yeah. yeah. And that's if you notice when he yeah, he yeah, and if you notice when he looks at them, when they when he's walking past uh, Buffy and Lily, and he kind of like his eyes kind of go for a second as if he recognizes them maybe, but then he just says like. I'm no one, I'm nothing, which is, of course, what they have them saying down in that hell dimension. And then, um, you know, whatever. But he he has like a brief moment where he he thinks he might recognize them because as the character of Ken says, uh, you know, long after he forgot his own name, he still remembered Lily, you know? And that's, again, I, I, one of the things I thought was interesting about the the concept of the of the hell dimension is that they're down there, you know, keeping them prisoner, doing whatever they're doing. It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't, again, it doesn't really matter, but they're doing whatever they're doing. And just, I think he says like a hundred years passes and not even a day passes on earth. I just, I, I love that concept. And I, I, I think that definitely lends in to the more, well, I guess it goes both sci-fi and fantasy aspect of it. Right. Because you, you know, we, we often want people who, who are like space people often wonder, like, you know, if there's a if there's planets floating around another star that has, you know, life on it, do does it go at the same pace as ours and whatnot? And the, they would exist for other dimensions as well. Well, it know? also it also it also leans in, in my mind, it leans into the immortality of the demons because time passes so differently. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like, are they actually immortal or does time pass so much more slowly for them here that well, I'm not going to lie when they when they hopped out? I, I, like my first thing would have been like to run and, and do that thing like you see in time travel movies. What day is Let's it? Look at the mirror. Well, no, oh, no, no. Day. But like what what day is it? Because. For them, the fight, you know, like they were down there and and Buffy got into the fight and whatnot. And that may have been, you know, 20 minutes. But if 100 years is less than a day, how long is 20 minutes? Well, yeah, then it would be like a minute. Because the idea is that down there, time passes. And on Earth, it's slower. So, you know what I mean? So, like... It was it's 70 or 80 years down there and up here it's only a day. So 20 minutes down there is an eye blink. I guess I thought yeah. he was um I thought he was missing for like three days or something, and that's why she was like, That can't be Ricky. He it was he was just gone for you know, like the two days or the three days. Well, yeah, but but that's the thing eight. is he was he was gone for that long. Well, she hadn't seen him for that long, but they saw him like the next day, but didn't recognize that it was him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it could have been yeah. that he was down, he was down there for, you know, it, you know, the 80 years or whatever. And then he was worn out and they tossed him back up and then he wandered around for a while before they found him. Do you know what I mean? Like he could have been back yeah. on the yeah. surface Day or now two because she, 
I was thinking like they've been looking yeah, for him, looking for him, have, and right, maybe he was would, there, but she wouldn't have recognized him because right. he didn't look like him. So he well, could have been could have walked past him ten times and wouldn't have known it was him. Well, one of the other things with this whole, uh, you know, is just this whole concept of them kind of trapping these people in the in the hell dimension and whatnot. The fact that the blood, I don't know what it's called, like the blood donation place. And I want to know the plasma, the plasma lady, she must be rubber face too, no? No, she just, for some reason, she just, she yeah. just, she said she just knew uh, he wanted healthy people to be candidates for, she didn't know what. He just paid her to tell him who was healthy. Very different type so, of candidate, yeah. huh, Bill? So, uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Like <laughs> As a lost that, reference. That lady, <laughs> who is that? Who is that actress, Paul? I She's offhand, I don't. I could probably find it really quickly. Offhand, I don't know her name. I remember, I remember her from. There's some. She's a very familiar face. But I wanted to ask Bill, what did you think when we saw Buffy at the beginning and she's on the beach with Angel? Um, I mean, I just see that happening where she's, you know, that's why she's alone because of what I mean, he says, well, you, you killed me or something like that. No, no, uh, but well, before that, like oh. when, when you first just first she's, she's, him, what she's, did you think? Yeah, then? she's, oh, she's like, asking. Oh, yeah. I was, I know, yeah, I know it was just like a fantasy. Oh, okay. Cause I was like, you know, that cause you know, you see it at first and especially knowing the time has passed and whatever and it's like wait right. did something happen we don't know yeah because like, it's uh, like like the softness of the uh the screen stuff yeah yeah well and let's be honest he but was out in the sunlight when, and then you wake up and you go yeah but then oh, yeah, I didn't think of then she then again <laughs> she had killed him so you know all bets are off at that point uh looking up that you actress know, or it looks like that, she was very much like one-off you know, like, you know, one and done. She's, you know, she's on an episode of Friends, an episode of Third Rock from the Sun, you know, uh, various things over the years. But really, it just looks like she's kind of been like a, oh, it's that lady, like a character actress. Yeah, no, but I, I remember seeing her in something where she, you know, the nurse thing brings it i don't know i i i'll have to look and see also, what it is that she reminds me in that scene in in the scene That's where a lot. in the scene where she you know buffy is like going through her files one i love the fact that buffy is just like oh i'm just going through your files like she doesn't even have to like pretend i just like she's just like i don't care i'm doing this whatever there was a moment it looked like the nurse actress looks directly into the camera <laughs> like right into the camera and then quickly looks away. And I'm like, they couldn't ask her to take that again. Like right. she looked right into the camera. Well, she doesn't have a big resume apparently. Yeah. <laughs> That's why she doesn't keep getting asked back. Right. Right. Um, but yes, I definitely, I did want to talk about that. The, uh, the, you know, Buffy and, and uh, Angel on the beach uh, scene. Now, obviously because, we know that the spin-off series happens and whatnot. Unfortunately, that's 
a big spoiler uh, for, you know, Bill as a, as a first time viewer and things like that. But um, it does. Yeah, but see, in fairness, the spin the spinoff could have been a prequel. It Yes, it could have. Um, you but know, really, I was going to I was going to get before. to the whole like, you know, him, Angel, at least being there in like this vision gives credence to why he's still in the opening credits because if that scene didn't exist in this episode it would have again been a spoiler for people like oh i guess he comes back or what have you but the fact that he's there in the opening credits and in this scene very much helps with like oh okay that that makes sense you know what i mean what'd you say bill I, I did take notice of him in the opening credits. Yeah. So. Um. One of the other things I, 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 I know what it means, to, but I noticed that. It... One of the other things I wanted to ask about, uh, going back to the the characters, kind of, the the ones that aren't Buffy and kind of them dealing with Buffy. Um, I said before about uh, Seth Green being added to the opening credits as Oz. And maybe it's, again, because we're we're kind of looking at this from like a critical point of view or whatnot. But I just felt like the, oh, because Oz was older, right? Like that was, that's part of the thing is that he's, he's, you know, a year or two older than them and whatnot. And to kind of pigeonhole him into the story oh suddenly he has to repeat senior year the way that we well not the way that we were introduced to him but the way that willow was finally introduced to him was the fact that and she even says it he you know he did fantastic test score numbers and whatever and that's how they meet in the in the what's my line episode uh in season two is they both have such great scores on the you know career aptitude test thing that they don't qualify for any of the other jobs that are like part of this like job fair thing like they you know are in like an upper echelon and it makes sense right because willow's incredibly intelligent you know probably far smarter than the grade that she should be in they ask her to be a teacher halfway through the year and whatnot and then oz again being you know incredibly smart and you know even you know, the, the whole like, well, oh, but he's in a band thing and it kind of, you know, subverts that uh, trope stereotype, if you will. And then now, again, to, to use the same phrase as a way to sort of pigeonhole him into being able to use him for stories. He doesn't tell Will. Uh, yeah. Willow and Xander the night before when when they say about school and he's like, oh, Yes. And Willow's like, yeah, but you know, I'm only going to be busy till three and that's when you tend to wake up, whatever. And then he comes in the next day and he's like, yeah, remember how I failed? And then remember how I didn't go to summer school? And then she gets all upset and whatnot. Like, why didn't you tell me and whatever? I feel like it was very much like forced that he's they're in school with them now. I'm not saying I, I have a better idea as to what they could have done, because it probably does seem like the best idea, but I feel like there was too much put on why is he there? She's upset about it. And it's like it just seemed like they all they they had to they wrote themselves into a corner almost. Not really a question, yeah, just it, a general it, statement. Well, no, yeah, it, it does seem like he would have, you know, like, why didn't he 
tell her the night before, you know, like he heard her, you know, the, Oh, I won't get to see you and whatever. You know, I, I don't, I don't know why he wouldn't have told her. I'm going to be embarrassment. Maybe. Only because he is so smart. But what does that say about, and, I, and I'm, I'm not necessarily one to talk. I've never necessarily had like a healthy romantic relationship. But what does that say about the relationship if he can't feel confident enough in telling the person that he's with? And I get it, high school and all that, but um, I really think it's because they're kids. They're that's what it is. They're yeah, high school. They're kids. So oh. it was it was interesting uh, talking about the kids, and it was interesting to me seeing like how Xander and and um, Cordelia were typical high school, and then you see the I don't want to there's the basically the throwaway kids on the streets of whatever city that uh buffy was living in los angeles okay but you know what i mean like you see you see the kids <laughs> that... <laughs> what was that the city of angels she said oh yeah oh but you know like when you when you see the when you see those kids there and you know it it was like the the perfect um feeding ground for somebody like that ken you know to to be able to prey on the the helplessness of the kids yeah and the nobody and that's the whole point of nobody you're nobody because that's what they think they are you know they they nobody's looking for them nobody cares and you know that the whole fact that they could you know pretty much prey on that and that's almost the the human trafficking thing that is happening so prevalently and that we're finally hearing about it now because i well, mean pretty much that's what <laughs> well there's there's two big things sort of in this episode right like uh, we've talked before about you know the episodes are you know supposed to be a metaphor for a variety of things and whatnot and obviously, yes, the human trafficking aspect is very big. I saw another one. I'm going to read it right here directly. It says, at one point in the battle with Ken's henchmen, Buffy wields both a hammer and a sickle. The factory setting, hard labor, and the hammer and sickle not only shows the theme of communism, but more importantly, the unification between peasants and workers to reach a better goal, seen here when everyone unites to defeat Ken's men. But did they they didn't unite they all just sat back and took it other than the ones that were freshly coming down because that's one thing that always amazes me that so people get so broken so quickly the fact that it takes one person to watch a hundred people because they're convinced that that one person is more powerful than they are <clears throat> government <clears throat> but you know you know what i'm saying right it's like absolutely i do yeah it, and collectively it, as a group they're more if they came together they could definitely overpower him yeah but why is it that like is it because they go into this being told that they're nobody and they're nothing 
exactly they don't feel like they're yeah you know and i mean and that's that's the whole thing is that you know the the fact that first of all they came there feeling like they were nobody and nobody cared about them and then that was just reinforced and reinforced and reinforced but it's just like amazing to me and that's why as somebody who works with kids it's important to tell them how special they are and how important they are so that nobody else can take that away from them because I, I just saw a thing today on Facebook and it said the way that we talk to our children becomes their inner voice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I, I said it to one of them, I was out, out at a job and there was two ladies getting painted and the one said, Oh, make me as pretty as my friend. And I said, I'm sure she thinks that you're prettier than she is. And she's like, Oh no, I'm this and that. And I said, is that the way that you would talk to your friends? You know, like we need to speak to ourselves in the voice that we speak to other people. Cause we would never say the things that we say to ourselves to someone else. I actually, and I'm not going to lie. And I'm, I'm going to, this is a, 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 you know, parent child moment, but you, I've heard you do that where people will say, you know, like if, you know, you're painting the the daughter or the son or what have you. And, you know, like, oh, they say, oh, you're going to look so pretty. And you're like, they're already pretty. We're just enhancing it or something we're like just, that. You always just, say, uh, yeah, I tell them we're just going to make them more colorful. Yeah. And you know? I've, I've found that with what I do for, for my job with, you know, clothing and whatnot, I found myself saying similar things. You know, they go, oh, you're going to look so handsome. And I'm like, he's already handsome. We're just dressing him up a little bit, you know, or whatever. And it doesn't matter the age. It could be, you know, the 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 grandparent, you know, the grandmother saying that to grandpa or, you know, saying it to the to the little kids or whatever. I, I found myself saying that. And that's definitely something that I that I took from you from from hearing that, because I do feel that pe- like a lot of people. And, and again, it's, it's very reflective in this episode. What, but you also see that you see the difference it makes just in their attitude when you say that, because they stand a little straighter, they smile a little bigger because somebody else thinks I look pretty good, you know, and, and anything to be kind exactly. or to build someone up. Right. That's exactly. The, yeah. Yep. And, and that's like, I, I, I try, this one thing that irritates me sometimes when I'm out on a job and the kids are being painted and the parents are not paying attention and the kid is going mom mom am I pretty am I pretty and I could tell them that they're pretty but it's not the same as coming from their parents you know and I just want to take their phone and throw it on the ground and stomp on it really hard because you know like yeah, your kid is that little that. for a they minute they want that approval from you know? a parent and, and they the, want to yeah and, and there's nothing that's on your phone that's more important than your kid right in that minute. And it's and and that is a very interesting like the the way time changes, you know, it's like, you know, the hell dimension difference, you know, like kids are yeah. so little for a minute, you know, and and that time is so fleeting that we don't realize it. You know, there's a, the every don't don't be offended, Paul, but all of us our parents and it's like one day you'll pick your child up for the last time but you don't know it's the last time last time oh my god i'm gonna cry Ruthie. Stop. <laughs> sorry 
But honestly, <laughs> you're thinking about that. I'm thinking, when was the last time I actually picked up a Xavier? I mean, he's 25 right now. Yeah. You know, when was the and, last time I picked up little girl? He's 14. Like, I never yeah. thought, like, the last time I picked up nobody, like, yep. I never thought. And they're still my babies. And yet at the same time, like, I can't, I could picture picking them up. But as of now, like, I can't do that. I can't pick them up and hug yeah. them and cuddle them. And there yeah. Go. Oh, yeah. I got to do it all over again with grandchildren now. So. Yeah, well, Manny yeah, does too, yeah. but, you know, I do it's, too, but... but it's still, it's the same. And you miss that kid, but you, there's a, there's a, a modern family quote that um, uh, Jay says about, you know, there's the baby and then, you know, you, you turn your head and the baby is the child and, you know, and it's like each yeah. one is special, but you still miss the one that was there, you know, like there's a lot of times when you want to go back to that other a lot of times people don't yeah no they don't get it because when when people tell you like when I was in the moment and my kids were little and they're like oh you know enjoy it blah blah, blah but it really is it oh yeah it, there's a there's a kind it goes by fast because you're living in that moment but literally yeah. it's a split second yeah there's that, that country song don't blink you know yeah. and like <laughs> that that's pretty much it you know and and again you know it's it's the the difference of of time, how time passes you know and uh oh, i wanted to know. answer bill's question i'm sorry yes um so bill your question was is that the scoobies are not sanctioned to be <laughs> to be slayers right so is it okay for them to be slaying the thing is, is that, like we've discussed before, like with the watchers and the people that know about supernatural, so anyone can fight evil if they know about it. Okay. You don't have to be like the slayer in order to fight evil. Gotcha. And okay. the thing with that is, Buffy has Buffy's the slayer because she has the superhuman powers. Yeah, to be able to do power. that. Yeah, but I was gonna say Kyle, it just it just so happens that Buffy's the chosen one to have the powers. Yeah. Yeah, because right. Giles Giles fights, you know, he he goes out and patrols with her and whatever, and he's not a slayer, but he can still do that, you know. And I have to say, I disagree, Paul. She's not technically quote unquote the chosen one. She yeah, was. yeah. And then Ken, yeah, I know. Um, but go going back to well okay so with that but i mean we've we've even talked about it before because i it was a uh what episode was it was a few episodes ago where i was like oh is this the first time that we're meeting someone that doesn't uh that isn't this whatever and and i believe it was kiona mentioned um in the puppet show episode there's like a the the brotherhood or whatever that that hunts demons and whatnot you know what i mean and the, that's the led to to sid the puppet and um there's like the, yeah, there's the guy like who hunts the werewolves and... yes freelance fighters yeah is maybe what you can call them yeah or there well, yeah, are because... other people that are in groups like buffy and her gang but... well yeah because there's that guy that was, that was out hunting the um werewolves yeah you know, so just fighting evil where evil 
is hiding or whatever. And also, I mean, this is really not my favorite episode, to be honest. I do like the whole Gandhi thing at the end. But, <laughs> um, I I like the concept of seeing how, like, I'm, I'm in agreement with Paul. Like, I like to see how, like, how the Scoobies get on with Buffy. But at the same time, like, when Xander's saying was, 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 and Willow's like, we're not using past tense. The thing is, is that from this whole time, from the end of the last school year till now, they don't know where she's at. They don't know what happened to her. They don't even know if she's alive, she actually. She could be in a hell dimension with Angel. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. She could be in a hell dimension with Angel. Yeah. Well, they, they well, have they, no idea. You know, and it shows how she is taking care of herself. And basically, I this is what I think that, that epi- this episode is, is her coming to terms with what had happened in the beginning of the summer, everything that went on and her realizing like, it doesn't matter how far she goes or where she runs to or what she, she is, who she is, no matter what name she picks. Yep. Well, the, it, to go along with that, the, the thing that I, that I like it, again, I, as I said, and, and you, you just said, you agreed there, like how they all kind of continue on, especially now. And I'm not saying that any of them are like this because it, it's not, it wouldn't be in their character, but for some people, it might be easy to just say, well, we don't have the powers like Buffy does, so we can't do this like she did. You know, like they're the some people I'm not saying them and, and like so if Xander was leading instead of Willow, for example, I feel like Xander might have the opinion of we're the sidekicks. We can't do this. Whereas Willow and Giles are like, no, we could do this. And even if we even if we fail half the time, we're still going to try because evil is out there. The Slayer is not here and we we know about it. We need to take care of it. So I really like that they that they continued to sort of keep that up because, you know, they they yeah, they're that, like, that was well, Cordelia could have been running. <laughs> said, nope, we're done. Right. And that's exactly it, right? It's like, it's it's very easy. It's it's kind of the same thing like happened in that hell dimension where it took one person to stand up because everyone else was like, well, not me. I'm no one, whatever. And again, you know, you said Cordelia, I say Xander. And I, I think it's kind of two sides of the same coin where they would both pretty much say like, well, I'm not the, I'm not the chosen one. So I can't go out there and do it. But like Willow and again, Giles, they they motivate, you know, in this case, Xander and Oz to to help and we need to do this. But one of the things that I like, and I, I kind of compared it to the beginning of the season two premiere, but unlike the season two premiere where Buffy comes back to town and she's different, she does that dance all up on Xander and she's like, I don't want to be who everyone wants me to be. That's the same, right? Because she's still having that sort of crisis of faith here, right? She doesn't want to be who she is literally chosen to be and running away from that, whatever. But unlike there, unlike that episode, yes. Okay. Technically she comes back at the very end and and sees her mom. And then, you know, we cut right to the, to the end credits or whatever, but we don't get in the first episode, we don't get them seeing her. So again, for the entire summer and the first episode they don't know what she's been through, where she is, is she alive, all of that. It wasn't it's Angel 
came back, if Angel's dead, if Angel's still angelic. Right. They don't know any of that. And it wasn't tied up in a bow. The Anne storyline, in quotes, whether that be Buffy as Anne or Lily as Anne or whatever, however you want to say that, the Anne story, in a sense, is tied up, right? Like Buffy's like, okay, you're this person now. You could have my job. You could have my apartment, whatever. I'm, you know, she doesn't say it, but she's like, I'm going back home. But everything else is still up in the air because other than Joel, as of this moment, you know, right now where we're at, no one else but Joyce knows that she's home. So I like that they didn't, because so many times you see that on shows, right? Where it's it's everything, you know, you set up this big thing in the finale, the char- the main character leaves and whatever. And then this, you know, you wait all summer, you see what happens. And then by the end of the first episode, when you come back, everything's right back to normal in a lot of other shows. I'm not saying all, but in a lot of other shows over the years before this and after this, it would be, it's very easy. And and you see it happen a lot where again, a big thing happens. The the main character leaves, they give up their calling and this and that. And then by the end of the episode, it would be, she's back in town. She's back going to school with all of them and whatever, because all of that would have just been like, well, that was then. And we're back to back now back to your regularly scheduled programming and they didn't do that here and i like that again not a question just a statement <laughs> um i'm trying to think if there was anything else that i wanted to to talk about with regards to this episode because as we all kind of agreed it's it's not really the best um I've said many times, I think seasons two and three are probably my favorite seasons um, when looking at the, you know, the the overall story. Um, again, I, I, I you wouldn't necessarily be able to tell based off of this episode that I, I think this season gets a lot stronger uh, from here. But um, I definitely I like where we're going. We again, about, uh, I, yeah, I agree with you. Two and three. And then I go back to like, you know, I have to go in like different orders. Yeah. Were you, what did you say, Ruth? You still have a lot to talk uh, about? Well, because when we started the episode, we went, okay, we're not going to really have a lot to talk about. I think we did. Not that we're, you know. No, I, you're, I yeah, we, it's, we, and that's, I think it's, I think it comes down to what we find whenever we, we kind of come upon these episodes where, whether it's me saying or someone else saying like, oh, it's not really my favorite. It's the it's sort of the character things and what it's setting up. And I think for someone and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, Bill, but I feel like for someone like you, where it's the first time viewer, um, you know, it's it may be setting some things up. Right. Because the episode may not necessarily be the best, but you could kind of see like, well, OK, I, I see maybe what the dynamics for this season might be. Willow and Oz, what's you know, are, and as I said before, like he lied to her. So, like, is that going to be a thing? You know, right. and they that's, did their witty they did their witty banter with yeah. it. I, I'm, I'm, sorry, through, I, I'm sorry. I plowed through the episodes with that in mind. Like, I'm not a. I'm not just going. Oh, I'm not watching. This is crazy. I'm not watching this. But I, I watch it with the, you know, with that mind of this is going to lead to something. So, right. So kind of suck it all in. Yep. And 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 that's it. Like where it's, you know. So now, I mean, let's just think about it this way, right? Like in terms of setting things up for what could happen, 
just character wise. I'm not saying storyline or anything like that, because we the end of season two kind of did that. Right. Like one of the things I know uh, Bill was really looking forward to. And I think James as well. Unfortunately, he couldn't make the episode tonight. But like, who is the mayor and what's going on with that? You know what I mean? Again, I said before a few moments ago, like typically they would have they would have had Buffy enrolled back in school and whatever. But as Xander pointed out to us earlier in the episode, she's been kicked out. So where's that going to lead? Like all of that stuff kind of end of season two got set up. But from a character perspective, character uh, arcs, if you will, we have this kind of weirdness, for lack of a better word, between Oz and, and Willow, right? Because he lied to her even though he he put his you know charming uh wordsmith twist on it where he's like what about and he's like trying to negotiate the level of of lie that he did where he he thought it was going to be cute and you know maybe charming with a hint of the blah 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 so there's that there's the fact that um you know the the well really i guess it's been this way from the beginning but xander and cordelia are very much um you know love hate still we have to remember that there was that moment again from the end of season two where uh, Xander maybe confessed his love, whatever that love means. We all kind of debated that uh, about Willow. We now have a new thing introduced for the first time being Giles and Joyce because previously Joyce loved the fact that Giles took such an interest in the kids and he's so helpful. And I can't believe you, you know, like when Buffy was in the hospital, you know, Oh, it's so, it's so nice that you came to look after her and you look after the kids and you know, all this Buffy stuff. You care. Right. And now yeah. she hates him. I don't think she hates him. I think she just blames him for Buffy's choices. Fair enough. But and honestly she's blaming him but it's out of guilt of what she said to Buffy because no one knows that she said that to Buffy but Buffy right yep yeah because realistically she's the reason that Buffy left because she yeah. pretty, other pretty much told her if no, you're gonna I don't think, I don't I don't think she's still the reason that Buffy left I think Buffy left because of everything that happened and she felt like she couldn't deal with her well, mother at the time of after losing Angel but I right, do but, think like her saying that kind of well, but I mean, it pushed, because I think that if she would yeah. have had been, if she would have been able to have the opportunity to have a support from her mother, I think she yeah. would have been. No, yeah, I agree. Well, it's one of those things where, and, and, and been more, more reluctant to leaving, and then, and, and, and she would have came home if she thought her mom was more supportive. I yeah. see where you're going with that. Yeah. So, you know, like her mom was pretty there. much. This is all, you know, you, if you leave, if you keep, if you are still being the slayer, then, you know, if you walk out that door, don't come back. So here's something that I want to make sure. And I know you guys are, are all, all three of you fantastic parents. And I know that you have at least once made sure that your kids know this, but I want to make sure for everyone else out there, as someone who was in a situation we you you we heard the three of you talk before about you know moments and you know you don't necessarily get them back but you get to see who your kids grow up to be and all that and it's all it's all special and it was it was really nice it really was hearing hearing you three talk about that but one thing and again i know that you three have you know 
whether you've had this specific conversation or or what have you, but I know you three as as parents as well as friends and family. Uh, so I know that that this is true. Make sure that your kids know that they can always come home. I'm not saying you three. I'm saying for anyone else out there, because not every kid knows that if something didn't work out in life, that they can go home or that they can go to mom or dad and admit, I failed or it didn't work out or I screwed up or something because a lot of kids of any age, because it's not, you know, I don't mean kids in the, in the sense of, you know, someone, you know, young or under 18 or whatever, kids of any age are afraid and embarrassed to admit that, you know, something didn't work out or you made the wrong okay. choice or whatever. That's and right. You absolutely right. And it's, it's very important to know from the kids. I'm saying this from the kids have, again, having been in a situation where I had to admit that something didn't go the way that I thought it was going to, and, you know, have to, have to, be in the in in you know that sadness and and in a way i'm not saying it was this exact way for and it's this way for anybody but you know you basically have to go you know tail tucked between your legs and you know hey i i was wrong and i need help and buffy for whatever for a variety of reasons felt that she couldn't necessarily do that we just kind of talked about some of them one emotionally she wasn't ready to face everything that happened with angel to the fact that you know her mother did say you know don't come back and we all know joyce didn't mean it and i think buffy knew that joyce didn't mean it on a certain level but it was said and she kind of took it as it was in the moment with all the other emotions going on but she also knew by the end of this that she could go home right because that's where she, after all was said and done, she realized she can't run from who she is, whatever. She went home. She could have saw, she could have went to Giles's. She could have went to Willow. She could have went to Xander's. She could have went to, you know, uh, Angel's mansion or whatever, but she didn't. She went home because she knew when push comes to shove, that's where that she, she you know, Joyce would, would be okay with bringing her back because that's what a good parent does. So again, I'm not saying you three because I know you three, but anybody else out there, make sure your kids know that you will be there for them if and when they fail, because not all kids realize that all the time. And it's very important for them because you don't want them potentially going somewhere worse than the situation that they're leaving. Yep. Um. Yeah, I don't really have anything else. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 if you and if you're around kids who you know aren't necessarily in a, a situation where they can turn to somebody like that, be that safe haven for them. You know, because sometimes that happens too. Yeah, oh. be the the for lack of a better phrase, the the like neighborhood parent. You know. Like, like I always go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, like, if you, if you have someone, you know, my, my childhood best friend, he knew that if anything was going on, he could come over to, to my, you know, my place. Cause not to say that, you know, you as, as my mom wouldn't have, you know, gotten in touch with his grandmother who he lived with, but he knew he could at least come over for a few minutes you know, while he calmed down, she calmed down and, you know, whatever. And even when we used to go to the, to the church that we went to, I was good enough friends 
with some of the kids that I was hanging out with and some of their parents that I knew that if something was going on, they either I could go to them, they would, you know, the other kids would come to you because you were all kind of that for all of us, all you and, and several of the other parents were all of that oh, yeah. for all of us. It's the same thing. Like, you know, I, I always tell my nieces and nephews, I will always be there. I know Amanda's that way for her nieces and nephews. You know, if you need something, you know, you, you, we are that, you know, sometimes you just need that safe haven. Yes. Be nice to them because they're the ones that'll pick out your nursing home. So. <laughs> Wait, Amanda, isn't that Missy for your mother? Oh, she's gone. Well, the thing is we, you know, yeah, we no, always... that's why I'm sending her. You're sending her to, <laughs> to you're, you're making her go to Missy, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, you know, mom, you always tell that to your nieces and nephews and uh, your your brothers, you know, always make that joke, too. And yet they still treat some of us not so great. Uh <laughs> well, but the difference is my nieces and nephews know that no matter what they can call me, it doesn't matter. And they have in the middle of the night and I will do move heaven and earth to be oh, whatever. I've... I've I've had where whether it be days off or what have you, I've had days where I've woken up because again it was my day off or whatever. Uh maybe I wasn't feeling well and didn't go into work that day. And I've, you know, woken up partway through the day, a little later than than some. And I walk out and one of my cousins is there because something was going on and they needed, you know, the safe not space be around of them. Aunt Ruthie's. <laughs> They needed to not be around their parents. So they yep, came to me. That's it. Sometimes too. <laughs> yep. Um, but anyway, so there's nothing, you know, and there, what's that phone? There's a phone number that you can call if you're in a situation. What is it? I, I don't you know what the new helpline number is. I, I don't know. I want to say it's like nine. I, I, We'll have to look it up and and Paul will post it later, but there is always somebody that's willing to listen. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, and I'm just gonna say this, and this isn't my way of being like, okay, let's transition to the end or whatever. But like, we're about to give out soon. We're about to give out like the the socials and stuff. I know I'm pretty much on my phone all the time. Um, you know what I mean. So like, reach out oh, yeah. to to, yeah, to me to or whatever. Us. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause pretty much for the most part, as far as I know, most everybody that listens to this show is like a, like a, a friend or, or family or what have you. But even if you, whether you are, or you aren't like, you know, you got somebody just, just throwing that yeah. out there, but definitely oh, for what is, this podcast hasn't gone global yet. What's going on? Look <laughs> at global. He's got friends in Australia and all that. I do. Is. I'm trying to, I'm, 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 I'm going to be, I'm going to be talking to the cord fourths. I'm pretty sure they've watched Buffy at least once or twice. Might have to get them on something. What is it? What is it uh, that Fraser used to say? I'm always listening, or I'm listening. You know. Yeah, just yes. Go ahead, Seattle. I'm, I'm listening. That's my radio voice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> did we have anything else that we wanted to talk about with regards to the episode? And again, I know not necessarily the greatest, and in my opinion, not probably not the best start to a season. Um, but I, I can say that in my opinion, season three definitely gets better. Do we have anything else on this episode in particular? 
Nope, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with the mayor. I want to know who yeah, he is. Me too. Yeah, I want to know who he is and, and what kind of nonsense he's up to. What I'm all about. Well, if we don't have anything else, then uh, Ruth, Bill, Manda, let them know where they can find you across the internet. Well, I'm Ruth Waltish Casey on Facebook, at, and you can also find me at Just Plain Crazy Face Art on Facebook. I am no one. <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> I, I just... Bill Cobb or anywhere, B-I-L-K-A-V-A. And I'm Amanda Kratz on Facebook and Liam's Last 924 on Twitter. For more about uh, me personally, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at JPGRB. Uh, more about all of us and the other stuff that we do uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, it's Clock Shelves, at Clock Shelves, C-L-O-C-K-S-H-E-L-V-E-S. Uh, the next episode that we will be discussing mm -hmm. is called, let me find my list here. Um, uh, where are we? Dead Man's Party. Oh, I hope they play Ooh. the song. Yeah, they better play the song. <laughs> dead man's party now um i normally say uh who who wrote and directed what episodes this episode was written and directed by the creator he tends to do that with both the finales and the season premieres i i didn't necessarily think it was too relevant but i just happened to see it here and i realized that i hadn't said it yet um the funny thing is finally we are ahead uh, at least in recording not necessarily posting but uh, in recording wise we are technically ahead of the uh anniversary because um i think Maybe not. Um, but uh, October uh, is when the next episode was. So um, we are ahead. I don't think so now that I look at the date because I believe that was 1998. So I think we might be a little behind still. Not sure. I don't. I'm not the greatest with the maths. Um, but until <laughs> next time, uh, this has been Buffyverse and Converse uh, on behalf of Ruth, Bill, and Amanda, I am Paul, and we hope that you all had a fantastic time. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, <laughs> that was great.